Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Conversation, you can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M A R S H A S P L A T E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, peace, peace, peace. Oh, it's been a, it's been a minute. How y'all doing? It's been a minute. <laughs> Yes. Oh, we really in this pride thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we are really. Yeah, it's the, we are in, in this pride thing. We're yeah. in the deep in the right midst in the of the middle. pride thing. Yep. And you know, have you been feeling pride? <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, I've been feeling a little, a little prideful. Um, yeah. A couple weeks ago, there was like a black gay centered themed kind mm-hmm. of pride situation, kind of film situation over here by my crib and. I went to a Juneteenth Pride, uh, a Black Pride Juneteenth gathering and had some food. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, so that was nice. Um, but I am, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my you thing. Know, I want to be home. You know, well, You're no, turning into a curmudgeon. You know, no, I'm not curmudgeon. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, like, I, you know, I can't kick it. Like, you know, I can't hang like I used to in terms mm. of, kind of being out and about. Um, I have to have like eight hours of sleep, 7.5, 7. Otherwise, <laughs> my body is like, what? Where's your water? Where's your rest? <laughs> How about yourself, though? You been out here? I have been out. I haven't been out in the pride section. That's going to be, I'm, I'm in the morning. I got a flight to San Francisco, so I'm going to be in all the pride stuff. I got an event yeah. out there okay. for pride and doing a breakfast situation with Mayor Breed, one of, nice. one of our hey. black women mayors in the country. Um, yeah. Her and for the first time, her and the first time in New Orleans. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'll be doing a breakfast there and but this week here in houston i went to the cishet juneteenth (laughs) gathering gathering and it was it was fun it was exciting it was lovely and it's just something about black ass gatherings here in houston that is so dope and so country and so 
black. You got the yeah. the fine ass country boys riding the horses down the street. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got yeah. the the fine ass hood niggas rolling their candy paint old slabs mm, down the street yeah. rolling in their cars that they done fixed mm. up so cute and shot candy painted and cute yeah um the food be popping it's just what kind of what kind of food now, they, they got the uh the corn they have the everything they the any, corn and turkey definitely legs all turkey legs the mm -hmm. corn mm -hmm. that you know there's always because of the latin latin, latin aspect in the the oh, Mexican, in it. Yeah. That, uh, yeah there's yeah. that aspect there um yeah food is just gonna always be popping i think houston got the best cuisine i think it's the epicenter mm -hmm. of, of southern cuisine um so i love it it's dope but it just <laughs> this particular when it's something like this it's something about it i'm not saying that it don't be ratchet <laughs> i'm not saying it don't be ratchet in the sense of like nothing ever happens but i have never unlike like when i'm back home in indianapolis when i'm in mississippi or when i'm yeah. um, when i'm in um these particular places it will it will always something would always pop up motherfucker get to shooting somebody get to fight yeah. but i can say that in houston not saying that this never happens but uh -huh every time i have been out in these type of events oh, nothing man. has ever happened every time i've been out and i'm engaging everybody is just cool happy that's nice it's, it's just cool i've never had no situation where i was at a thing and we had to hit it because people were shooting or people was arguing people was fighting yeah i've never actually had that experience even in like the club situation now even on the everyday club going to a straight club not saying that this don't happen but right. when any time that i have been to a houston straight club and it's just that that kind of vibe what about what about the gay clubs oh baby they be throwing it down they fight yeah. down <laughs> oh no you baby oh i remember when i first moved when i first moved to houston baby the houston girlies was fighting every every weekend a couple of fights before the before the club started after the club started it the baby they was twirling i was like oh they twirl out here <laughs> i used yeah, to be like that. <laughs> i was like every week they twirl out here so you got to make sure you ready to throw them hands if you got oh, any issue wow. i mean motherfuckers yeah. is gonna pop yeah, the yeah. gays twirl out here. Negroes will Negroes sometimes. Now I said that the straight people don't twirl. No. But every time I'm in those in those kind of spaces, it it's doesn't. It's, it's been straight. It's been cool. Especially now that's club, but especially in that kind of laid back at the park, folks is grilling in those situations. Yeah. It's never. It's it's good. It's just always love and beautiful. Well, I just found out to your point. You know, uh, Negroes made it through all of Juneteenth, but after Juneteenth was over, <laughs> people got to shooting back at home. And I was like, um, dang, I almost yeah. made it. Yeah, you know almost, how cool almost, with almost, almost made it, man. We almost made it. And, you know, truth be told, uh, honestly, back, what was this, 2002 or so, my grandmother got shot on Juneteenth. Like, oh, not wow. too far. Yeah, it get, a little, it get a little rowdy in Milwaukee sometimes. Like, mm. you know, it's like, on Juneteenth? Like yeah, she survived. she survived. You know what I'm saying? My mm -hmm. grandmother survived. But yeah, it was wild and like a drive-by. You know, L Halo, um, yes. she's my program manager. She is, you know, she still lives in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And she was, we were talking this morning, we did our um 
you know, employee evaluation kind of stuff. And she was telling me about, yeah, she said they got to shoot. And she was like, it was right at the end, but they got to shooting. And I was like, yeah, that kind of, it happened on um, the Juneteenth celebration on Amazon. Did you watch that? So they Mm -hmm. had a live, Juneteenth live, Amazon did. Where? Out here? On No, it was in L.A. Oh, okay. But it was a live show. And so the headliner was Jasmine Sullivan. And they got to shooting and Jasmine didn't go on. They canceled her show. And everybody was on Twitter and everything mad about it. She was like, I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know if she made the decision, but whoever. But but Amazon, she she was on there saying Amazon said they canceled it all together. So go ahead and go home. Wow. That's what she said on her, her, um, which on her her platforms but mm-hmm. yeah and it was so it was crazy because it was so That's pretty funny. and it was like you could the black the crowd was so black as fuck they were climbing on the walls on the buildings because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. had blocked off some stuff and they were looking they were just partying having fun singing the song it looked like it was dope but i guess you know the niggas yeah. don't need <laughs> <laughs> the Damn, is come on, people! <laughs> so close, dude. You and know, so people were on their Twitter talking crazy. They Damn. was like, "I know they didn't have us standing out here all this time to not she let Jazzy." She was the last. She was the headliner, so she was yep. the last act. So we got yep. down to the end. Yep. Oh, come on, people! The last person to show was Wale. Oh wow! Wow, and he was good. Yeah, he was good, yeah. but um, the police. Not, I don't want to say raided. That's too strong of a word. But they, um, I don't know why I'm keeps. I was about to say they stormed. Shut it down, basically. Yeah. But they came on the stage and was like, "All right, we gotta clear it's this out." <laughs> yes, yeah, rap. And yeah. you know, um, he's, he just said something to Mike like, um, "While they said when I start seeing the police, I don't get, I get uncomfortable." <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's the natural reaction. Um, they had. Um, I went to Juneteenth in the park at uh jimmy hendrix park out here in seattle yesterday uh it's part of the northwest african-american museum space and they had to leave come mm. perform. Um, you know it's not gonna be the same thing you know you're in texas i'm from milwaukee where in milwaukee ain't texas but they've been doing juneteenth for over for a long years, time so, one of the oldest like it's, you know one of oh right so like black people been sneaking off of work it's always been a holiday for us before it became a federal holiday for the parade yeah. and stuff um and so i'm used to a larger situation but also out here you know the communities are smaller folks have been displaced but a lot of people did show up so it was it was nice to be you know in a place that's like super duper white <laughs> be around some Negroes <laughs> to celebrate and, and particularly people you know from seattle they that are coming back and you know claiming their space out here so right mm, yeah. it was nice but yeah, that's what I did for Juneteenth. It was beautiful. I had a good time and good black ass time. I never felt mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And I was and I'm and I'm I was by myself. I didn't go like with people. Mm-hmm. So I just went down to the park and was tipping around, mm-hmm. buying whatever food that was, you know, I'm a foodie. So I was buying oh, food. What kind of food did you try? Did you try anything uh different or interesting this year? No, we had just typical. There was some somebody who was um, selling barbecues. I love the turkey leg, so I got a turkey leg. Mm. Bo- I, I love boudin link, so I got a boudin link too. Oh, okay. Mm. And <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else I got. I got a boudin yeah. corn and a turkey leg, and that was it. And so then I was walking around the little park. We was at McGregor Park, and yeah, it was cute. Okay, come on. 
On Juneteenth, and nobody got shot. And no, there crazy. was no shooting, no nothing. That's that's lovely. I'm not sure if you heard about this, but you might have heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that there was a trans activist named. Oh, wait, not, do you name? You want to name her or not? But there was a trans activist that went to the White House and uh, went topless, and it was a thing. Apparently, recently they came out and apologized, which I think is you know appropriate oh, now child. somebody might come from my throat and say i'm being super respectability and that people should be able to go topless at the white house event but you know i'm gonna say that might not be the space for that <laughs> it's not y'all can drag all your own it's not it's it's not especially if it don't come with no fucking message i can yeah. see it would make totally sense if she was holding up a sign that yeah. said some message that was yeah. powerful in the moment you yeah, just showing your tits for no reason said, yeah well it, she was had she said she was having a trans joy moment with the two trans men that, that were topless because she was standing next to trans men she was having a trans joy moment but, okay uh, you're like no <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here for it, but it's also because of her history. She had some weird shit to say about Lizzo. She was trying to call out Lizzo's company, Yitty, for lack of diversity in the in regards of their their rollout plan. And so um Yitty had sent some people PR stuff and she basically was hoping that she was gonna be involved in the rollout and was not Lizzo was like no we went a different direction basically and she tried mm -hmm. to call it out as it as if it was this kind of transphobic situation yeah transphobic ploy um not in non-inclusive ploy and then but once all the tea came out they had they had revealed um <laughs> mm -mm, this wasn't Reveal. how it happened let me show yeah. you these let me show you these receipts, the receipts. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. and it basically was revealed that they just really went in a different direction and yeah. this didn't have anything to do with none of that shit you was talking about and so you know dominique was one of the people calling them out like you know you're not about to act like this is it just you you doing this shit to the white to, i mean you, you doing this shit to the flat black girl um yeah. but you don't call out these other white organizations Listen. for documented bullshit, but you do it to the fat black girl and her brand get the fuck out of here and so because of that <laughs> she had well, already had a bad taste in my mouth a, mm -hmm. a stunt queen because the way she was rolling that out was felt like a stunt mm -hmm. and it was her and we are in that era yeah because of social media so right it's a bunch of stunts to get trash traffic and i didn't like that shit. and this felt aligned with her brand you got your boobs got out you. for no reason with At no message i'm not tripping about the white house i don't care you got your boobs yeah. out fuck it but yeah. it to me it for seemed like it should be purposeful yeah. right it should be right. purposeful i'm doing this because i know it's going to get attention because i'm drawing attention to attention to this yes right. And so you just standing there with your hands over your nipples with your boobs out, that doesn't feel like a strong enough message for me to be like, okay, what was the purpose of this? Especially right. not saying, um, not saying that all of the things that we do should be response to how people are oppressing us, but 
we know that they're playing this kind of sexual deviant pedophile card that they always do it feels like this wasn't the moment to be able to do that this without a message yeah i mean i you know and i i think i've kind of said something around this before around like you know with social movements it often <laughs> post world war ii it'd be centered around like white white adjacent middle class kind of stuff and folks feel like they can just do whatever mm -hmm. kind of absent of you know consequence the issue well consequences but also like you know not being strategic like just yes. being reaction like have a ten tendency to be hyper reactionary right and not thinking about the strategy not thinking about like what is the goal outside of yourself you know <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like you know we see that a lot more obviously because of social media but also like you know like a lot of white adjacent people <laughs> just kind of perpetuate that and it's like slow down slow down decolonize <laughs> don't perpetuate that that way of uh, approaching it because it's like that's not helpful in this moment especially like yep. they're inviting you know you to the white house and um we know the the, the stakes are high it just didn't seem like it was it, and it's not just on no respectability it's it's on this didn't seem like this was right why that moment. did you do this yeah. <laughs> besides, besides for yourself yeah yeah it definitely was not for the community right? no 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 well i'm glad that that person apologized yeah uh formally you know and was like hey you know my bad i made a mistake i wasn't thinking you know whatever that's nice mm -hmm. yeah 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 so uh because it's uh, also just titties <laughs> I mean, also just titties you know it's yeah. not like, you get what i'm saying it's just fucking titties so the way the right wing was making it like oh my god right. what is about to end there was some titties at the white house bitch gone yeah yeah well <laughs> y'all do too much to be expected though yeah. and that's what she should have expected Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch i am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Uh, have you heard of Patrick McCoy? I have not heard of Patrick McCoy. Patrick McCoy uh, in the 80s, the black black gay man who shot a lot of pictures and documented a lot of black gay life in Chicago in the mm -hmm. 80s. A lot of people um, passed away during the AIDS crisis, the height of it. Um, 
who were in many of those photos, but not everyone, obviously. Um, but it's, it's, there's about to be an exhibit um, in Chicago highlighting um, a lot of his work, and it's uh, called Patrick McCoy, Take My Picture, uh, April 14th through uh, July 15th. And we'll put some, some of the stuff online. But I thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, we had a post today about uh, this person in uh, Cleveland kind of curating and like having, you know, information about the black history in Cleveland and having an exhibit around that. And I, I kind of fumbled, kind of stumbled upon this information about Patrick McCoy. Um, but it's really cool. It's um, pretty deep to document the history. But it also got me thinking about like how we document history in our community. Um, mm -hmm. And document not just history, but like moments and just like mm -hmm. regular moments. Because it's not like all of his photographs are, you know, at events or particular things. Just like everyday stuff, right. you know. Um, and it just that had me thinking about as for us as black trans people because the 80s in many ways was like eight well the 90s in many ways rather and late 80s are kind of like a black gay renaissance moment the 90s right. especially uh for cis folks and i feel like i don't i don't necessarily know i don't know if we're in a renaissance but i do think you know with increased visibility and access to care you know it's being challenged you know it's just like different possibilities are there um but yeah i just want to get your thoughts on that I I think archiving is, you know, perfect. I love archiving. I love, I feel like that's what we do here on Marshall's Play and what I have been yeah. doing for a while, just archiving, um, you know, Black trans history or just trans history in general, because sometimes I, you know, expand and have some other races, but, you know, I center Blackness. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it's important because, you know, you know, I love when I go to a library and they have an archive for LG, specifically for LGBT. I learn so much. There's always a story that I never heard that I find because I, when I when I yeah. speak at colleges, I and I got some and they and I have enough time to kind of explore the college. I go to their archives and I go yeah. and search for particularly queer things because I am a queer individual. I'm a black queer person. Yes. And I'm gonna when I'm scouring through the archives of a particular college, even if it's not specifically for me, because my eyes are looking for something different, I will find something different because. Mm -hmm you know, that's what it is. And so I think it's really, 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 really important that we do that kind of archival work. Also, recently I was on YouTube and there was this, um, I just randomly ran across this um, video where it was, it was quite long. And it was yeah. a long video of famous black people who, who we lost due to, um, um, HIV and AIDS and, you know, Arthur Ashe, um, right. you know, a couple of people that I knew, but I, I hadn't seen a video that had so many people. Like I didn't know, um, um, Virgil from in the heat of the night passed away. Oh yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. yeah. The very first in, in the heat of the night, um, the yeah. black dude. Um, I didn't know, um, is it, um, what's the, the really, really popular, dance instructor really really popular groundbreaking um dance instructor he's my alvin no. yes 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 yes, 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 yes. yeah alvin mm -hmm. Haley. yes 
I didn't know. I, I don't know much history about Alvin. So um, other than, you know, his, his contributions to um, um, dance, but I didn't know he died of AIDS. The very first black news anchor also died of AIDS complication. Huh. Um, um, it was just a just a couple of people that I was like, oh wow, they just it just was a very long list, and they went into more detail about their story, and some of them um, kept it a secret. Um, oh, Rose's husband from two two seven. Um, Alina Reed, Elena Reed. Yeah. Rose, yeah. Rose, from, is it Rose? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, that was her character. Yeah, character. Rose, Rose's husband died of AIDS as well. And he in was real an life? actor. Yes. In the real life, in real life, not oh. on the show. In okay. real life, he is, um, he played, he was an actor too, a tall actor, and he played Harry the Henderson, um, an old movie about Sasquatch, about Bigfoot. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. He played mm -hmm. Harry. He oh. played Harry and he played somebody else. There was There's other different, other parts that he played where, because he was like seven foot, like he was like tall, tall, mm. tall, 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 tall. And, okay. um, or like six foot something or whatever. But he was tall, yeah. tall, 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 tall. And, but yeah, he died of a complication with HIV. And, yeah. um, and just, the, just that kind of, the the archive of that that video that Fine, one video was like wow you. i i feel you um i lost all of my videotapes i had a box about i don't know just like a big ass box of videos mm. i used to tape everything you know obviously youtube was not a thing yeah but tape everything down everything in the life the pbs show they used to come on um that's how i found about marjorie hill Karen Williams, who was a comedian, a black lesbian comedian. Um, he taped the cable access, the queer program. Like <laughs> used to come on. And you know, it had episodes where they were like, Yeah, there's this new show, uh, Will and Something, talking about Will and Grace. Like that's how far yeah. back it went. And I lost it uh around 2014. And mm. I, I mean, I was devastated. Um, but been able to kind of re get some of that content back because of YouTube yeah. and People are scanning things, but some of the stuff I'll never get back because uh, it's did, it, we, it just didn't survive, and right, nobody right. cared cared enough to digitize it. Listen, interviews during uh, after Matthew Shepard got killed between uh, uh, Jerry Farwell on CNN talking to Elizabeth Birch, who was the person over uh, the task force or HRC or something at the time, or just random stuff. Uh, the Brandon Tina story on HBO before the movie came out, Boys Don't Cry. Which I think you can get access to that now, um, but just you know, just all kinds of credible true adventures of two girls in love with uh, Nicole Ari Parker. That was her first feature film. Watermelon Woman, obviously by Cheryl Dunyer, um, was huge. Um, just, we can still find Watermelon Woman. Yeah, you can still find Watermelon Woman. You can still find Incredible True Adventures somewhere. It's out there. I don't know if it's still being uh, published. I don't know. That's not the right word. But you know, I don't know if it's still in like distribution. But it's out. There's enough copies out there that you could probably buy one. Um, do you feel? Do you feel the need? What about yourself? Like, I know there was a time in my life where, when, but I, because I transitioned young, when I wasn't fully emotionally developed, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would. This is shit I would do. I would go to my family's house, like different people, family members' house, and while yeah. they weren't paying attention, I would steal my boy pictures and destroy them. 
No, I think just because my because my gender shit, you know, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a trans man, but I'm also gender queer and gender fluid and all these other things. So for me, it's not. <clears throat> I don't feel unnecessary a disconnect from my mm-hmm. identity prior to transitioning. But also, like I told you before, I shared on the show because it was so. I was so policed at such a young age. Mm-hmm. I think even at a young age, I was like this, you know, I have to figure out what works for me within these constraints um, right. and like kind of form my identity based on that. Cause even I told you like three, four, four years old, it's like, no, you can't be standing up. Oh no, you can't use a check. No, you can't uh-huh. play with boy toys. And it was like heavily, 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 heavily. Please. And by yeah. seven, look, hold up. the soccer camp, my first soccer camp, I was the only girl, quote unquote, and the only black person in my first soccer camp because I was getting good. Mm-hmm. And we did shirts and skins. And I was like, I'm going to be on the skin side. And they were like, absolutely not. You will put on a shirt. And I didn't understand because, you know, it wasn't, I didn't hit puberty yet. So I'm like, we all got the same thing going on. What's the problem? You know, um, but that was one of the first times I think I really knew that I quote unquote had the status of girl like heavily mm. outside of like family, you know, cause it's kind of like going through the motions of things growing up. I feel like a lot of black folks in that era kind of went through the motions of things, not even just around gender. It was like, okay, I go to school, I go to church, I go to, you know, the relationship to, you know, the ritual of certain things until I leave my house, I feel like it was a lot different <laughs> than today mm. uh, because of like social media and different options that younger people have, I feel like. But um, yeah, I, I but I did I, not do that. <laughs> I did wait, do wait, that. Because- wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me hold on. Let me back it up. I never did that. But what I did do at eighteen was take pictures of my shit of me because I knew one day I would be able to. Didn't have a word for transitioning. Didn't know what that could look like didn't know anything but i in my mind all i knew was my only option was like far away from milwaukee wisconsin and i probably I'm, i was giving myself a relic to remember my family that's pictures. what i'm asking yeah. that's what i'm asking did you feel like for yourself that yeah. you needed to archive that part of your life yes okay yes. that's that's what i wanted to know because i regret what I did now, because mm-hmm. I do wish that I had mm-hmm. pictures from when you were younger. Yeah. Between, I think the oldest. I have older pictures, like when I was a baby with my mom. I have mm-hmm. one picture, maybe two pictures from school photos of when I'm like six, seven. You know, those okay. kind of era. And I and I have one picture with my little brother who um, we're holding up shoes we got for Christmas. He's holding up a Jordan, I'm holding up something. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, I'm holding up a Jordan too. And so we both are holding up our tennis shoes and I'm I'm like 10. So there's way right there in, right before, um, two, two, three years before transition. And so yeah. I had those, but it's not because I, I saved them, somebody else had them like, somebody yeah. connected to our family and then once we could reconnect them with them as adults they had pictures and so we yeah. were able to have it like for example yeah. recently my little brother sent me a picture my um um i was estranged for him for a minute but now we back cool he uh-huh. his his dad so his mom his dad's mother so his grandmother on his father's side 
yeah. used to babysit me when I was younger because my mom was in a relationship with her son. And mm -hmm. so when we would be, um, when, when I, she loved the ground that I walked on. So she just was so sweet to me, so nice, church lady, um, older church lady, really churchy, churchy, churchy. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, old school churchy. Um, yeah. So she she brought us in, she would bring me in to church and she would just dress me really, really nice. And she just was so sweet and so nice. And so she would always take pictures of me all the time. And so uh, even yeah. though she hasn't been, my mom and him haven't been together for decades upon decades upon decades, since I was like seven. Mm -hmm. um, and she passed away. Um, his father inherited his mother's stuff. Like, you know, yeah. when she passed away, he got her stuff and got her stuff and put it in storage. Recently, because of the grieving process, he just recently got um, to going through this, his storage with her stuff in it. And yeah. in her stuff, she had pictures of me. Yeah. And yeah. he sent it to my little brother and my little brother sent it to me. So these are pictures I have never seen of myself. Yeah. And it was like, wow. And I'm going to put it in the visual portion of our show. I'm going to yeah. put the picture of me here. And I wish that I had those pictures. I did have a photo album of my early transition because I was enjoying my early transition. But I, yeah. wish I had archived myself in a way to, uh, I wish I could appreciate it the way I appreciate it now. I lost, after my mother passed, at some point I lost pretty much all of my family albums. Mm -hmm. Long story, what have you, um, which sucks. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it sucks a lot. <laughs> I, lo I lost a lot of those. But, but to your point, like sometimes I do get surprises from people who have other pictures. Yeah. In particular, when I was in middle school, is when I was kind of exploring my gender expression and have the room to do it because we had just moved into this house. I wasn't getting in no, no trouble. My mom was like, whatever. You go to art school, you go to this weird ass school. Everybody's <laughs> weird and different and you're doing, you know, and you seem to be getting decent grades and shit, you know. So she didn't really bother me too much because she didn't really bother me about how I was dressed until I came out. But right. I was able to I wear skirts and army jackets and boots and you know, <laughs> you know, super butch on top and flowy on the bottom. And it was just like corduroy pants, started shopping at the Goodwill a little bit and thrift stores and you know, just so kind of exploring, you know. Um, and I really wish I had a lot of those pictures, you know, because mm. you could see kind of this something's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, during that time in life, you know. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's important for us to archive our work, even if we um, I think that's about anything. Like, even if you're at like a job, like you need to archive what you're doing for the Absolutely. job. Absolutely. You need to archive what if you're organizing, archive the people who are in that organizing group, who are the strong Absolutely. people who are really helping you do that, because at some point you are going to get older. And some young person is going to be looking for this era of time, just like yeah. me, just I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. I, you, we need to, I was, I look for specific things. And so I need to know who were the key players in this moment. Right. I wish I would know. I wish I knew it. And sometimes people are really, really detailed about who was the key players. And that helps us not be erased from conversations that helps yeah. us, that helps us not, um, be erased from our contributions like you know it's kind of mm -hmm. like Polly Murray we talked about Polly Murray before mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. if 
if if she hadn't passed away and gave her archive mm-hmm. to the school yeah. and they created um that we wouldn't know how integral she was to all of these rights that we got in the 50s and so absolutely absolutely wow one more thing just to add in there too it's a weird time the early 2000s because it's like you had a lot i I think it kind of was a renaissance on on black queer stuff uh particularly like lesbians kind of in that era like you had um you people documentary have you seen that you people and it was uh done by anifa walida and ala demetrius Mm. and it was like when logo first came out because all of this is like right before everything hit digital and so still black came out during that time by dr courtney ziegler Mm -hmm. you people came out around that time and it was you people was focused on uh mostly these black women who were shooting this video this all black queer women shooting this video in new york and and it was catching the conversations that happened as they were shooting the video about their lives so documented to your point like what we talking about documenting this moment in time right right um but you also had teak was teak milan was in there you had some trans men who were in there ignacio rivera was in there and they're both like hey but we're turning like well what does that mean am i gonna lose community they're having these conversations you know in that moment because that Mm. moment is not the moment now the moment right. now is totally different, right. but um, but yeah, jumping the boom documentary. There's a there's mm-hmm. a when people get some time, like there's stuff out there that happens right before we hit like this digital explosion where every you know, and also with you know everybody has the ability to produce, yeah. you know. So we hit like right before we hit that, like you had to like go out your way. <laughs> like it took a lot of money, it took a lot of time, it took a lot of coordination. I'm not yeah. saying it doesn't take that now. To, to get things to a certain quality, right? But like at that time, it was like scrappy as fuck. So like right. when people were able to produce things where I was at the university or different nonprofits and other people that were doing that kind of stuff, we were like, we gonna snatch up that institutional copy cause we gonna pay the most money. But over here, we gonna bring y'all in to come speak so y'all can get paid. We right. gonna, <laughs> you know what I mean? And just, you know, plug in, plug in, plug in each other. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting because it was like right before, and a lot of that stuff people don't know about because it was right before everything kind of um, shifted with social media right. and becoming digital. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of like a that content kind of got forgotten. Yeah. Anyway. So it's important to archive your story. So make sure you are using the tools that we have now to archive your story, archive the people around you, archive those heavy hitters, hitters, even those people who don't even think about it because everybody doesn't have this mindset about the past and the future connecting and how to keep those things connected. So if you know it's somebody who, you know, is a heavy hitter in community, get a snag an interview with them snag a Mm -hmm. a a article about them and get a picture and and so we can find it because i you don't know how much joy i have when i find those kind of those nuggets of people Mm -hmm. um or even moments right right? like so if it's like a moment whether btac could be a moment anywhere right where it's like you know just get some folks together is you know kind of like focus group kind of style where it's like yo what was this experience like for you yeah you know in that time because you know both yeah both the heavy hitters but also just like folks that's just participating we just here yeah and even getting that yeah to kind our of podcast like our podcast yeah. with um the baddie brigade and you know the black yeah. feminist mm-hmm. podcast that mm-hmm. we have that the circle of of 
of women and queer folks that is in this era. We love yeah. that we are are yeah. doing this because somebody in the yeah. same way that um, kitchen table talk, when we think about um, Barbara Smith and um, Audre Lorde and that era Ooh. of kitchen Whoa. table press. Hey. <laughs> kitchen yes. table yes. press. Kitchen table press. Yeah. Does your mama know? Yeah. Uh, we used to see more in Redbone Press. I snuck yeah. my copy. Uh, does your mama know the black lesbian anthology? <laughs> exactly. When we think about those things, yeah. and, you know, uh -huh. the, the, um, yeah. We were here. Meta, we are what here. is it? Medicine Club? Even though. Um, oh, Mad the Mattachine Society. Mattachine Society, yes. Mattachine that, Society and no, it was white. Yeah. It was real white. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's still good to know th those eras of time. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I think it's important. And so, yeah, tell us yeah. how you are archiving your life, archiving your history, archiving your community around you. Tell us how you do that. You know how we do it here at um, Marsha's Plate, <laughs> but how are you doing that? Do you think that's important? Yeah, hashtag Marsha's Plate. Have you ever dated a person outside of your race, particularly, uh, Caucasian, a, <laughs> a Caucasian. <laughs> Caucasian. Have you have you bounced around with a snow bunny or two? <laughs> well, if I'm if I'm going if I'm gonna uh, if I'm gonna keep it one hundred, right? Uh, my fir my first couple girlfriends were all white mm -hmm. when I was in high when I was in well the well one was in the eighth grade summer between eighth grade and ninth grade <laughs> or maybe yeah right and uh i was in my uh i got into the christian contemporary christian music ccm um through other black people and uh i was into dc talk jesus freak they were like the nirvana of you know that era of, of christian music yeah, christian jackie, music. <laughs> jackie velasquez was the selena of christian ccm and uh what was the audio adrenaline was like the boy band uh, yeah. CCM. Everything was like, you know, that version. And, uh, oh, Rebecca St. James. She was like the Atlantis Morissette. Okay. So I'm in this headset and I'm not out yet. And homegirl, I'm listening to my DC talk and she tries to kiss me at the, you know, camp thing. And I was like, how dare you try to kiss me while we listen to the name of God? And <laughs> <laughs> this is work. Okay. And, uh, quickly got over that right um because i don't know you know I, I don't know you know what i'm saying and i didn't come up in no ccm kind of era you know i just ran into some black folks into it i said oh, okay i'm an I'm audiophile i love music next thing you know i'm saying hey Christine, love the i'm sorry y'all but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then when i got to high school yeah my first girlfriend was white she bought me a poem she saw me in one of the plays and was like hey i saw you in a play and da 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 da, -da. Second girlfriend in high school was white, you know, you know, it was like, you know, kind of childhood, not childhood, but, you know, teenage, whatever, because, you know, I was out to the other queers. And so that's that was my pool. Of people. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. Um, but they were all good. But as an adult, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I now, just what about yourself. Yeah, not me. I have always been you know, pretty exclusive. <laughs> I've dated other people from different races, other people mm -hmm. of color, mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and obviously I've dated, I date black people. 
Um, but yeah, no. When I was in high school, yeah, I dated like young people. Yeah, no, I just haven't. Not even um, other um, other people of color. Um, it, it has always been um, black men that I was attracted to, um, and and a particularly. Um, the darker version. <laughs> um, it is pretty common in my family for um, the light skinned girls to be with darker men, and mm. the dark skinned girls to be with lighter to be with lighter oh. men. So okay. it our family was kind of like that. Where if you usually if if you like my aunt Jill, she's the darker she's a darker girl in our family. All of her husbands were light skinned men. Um, my mother and my grand, not my mother, my grandmother and her sisters, all of her men were dark skinned men. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it was always opposite. Most, most situations. Um, it's very rare in our family that you see a light skinned person with a light skinned person and a dark skinned person with a dark skinned person. It was, it's very, it's very, um, Mm And so it was always opposites. And so in my, <laughs> my, uh, my, in my life, it kind of reflect that too. Um, I had a couple of light skinned boyfriends. They was all darker than me, but they would be considered light skinned. Um, and so, yeah, I just never, I've always loved the contrast of my skin and my partner. I always have loved that. I, I've always loved that kind of seeing when their arms is on me, when I'm touching them. So it's just something I just enjoy. It's something I have looked, I thought about and looked at. And so the mm-hmm. color of our skin and the contrast of that was really, really um, important to me. And um, mm-hmm. I don't wanna, is it erotic? There's a eroticism to it for me when I'm in, when I'm in mm-hmm. intimate spaces with um, my mm-hmm. partner. And so, the opposite is usually true when I'm engaging um, because of escort and sex work, of course, mm-hmm. you know, you, you follow the money. And so that right. opened me, <laughs> right. that opened right. me right. up right. to um, multiple type of people. My very first Asian, my very first Latinx person, my very first um, white engagement when it comes to the sexual arena was through mm-hmm. sex work, was through clients mm-hmm. and da, 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 da. And so, I just, I never, it just, on my own personal life, I've just never, it just never happened. I will say this, like for myself, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I was in healthy, you know, pretty decent relationships with folks, uh, the two people that were not black. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that um, was also just like where I was at and my, my, my pool of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a factor, but also, you know, it was like, I was, you know, certain value sets. <laughs> so these people were aligned, okay, with right. my values, okay? We had aligned values around the settler colony and white supremacy slash nationalism and understanding kind of stuff in a broader context. Like um, I've tended to date people who also were doing kind of similar work. Okay. Regard- who've been mostly black. Even in the, your younger also- years? Uh, as an adult, yeah, yeah. So, oh, no, 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 I, I was mean, talking about your younger years. Oh, like high school? Oh, uh, the two people I dated in high school, you know, I mean, I went to an arts high school, so everybody was kind of into, 
you know, mm. you're all weird into the arts and shit, gotcha. you know. So like, you know, I mean, it was room for that, you know. Okay. Um, but uh, even though I wasn't out, none of us were like out, but we were out gotcha. to other gay kids. To your circle, right? Mm -hmm. When I became an adult and I got to college, got to Madison, um, I definitely had like a no white girl and no straight girl rule, uh, quote unquote, no white girl, no straight girl. Because I saw a lot of folks date straight women and it turned into very dramatic, traumatic situations, whether it's like, you know, oftentimes it'd be big age gaps and persons like I'd never had good sex and they might still be dating some, you know, I just saw a lot right. of people get into situations and I didn't want none of that. You know mm. what I mean? That's part of the reason I left home was to not be dealing with, I got to hide and do all these all these extra acrobatics, you know what I'm saying, to be myself. Right. Um, and then I had the no white girl rule because I just had, you know, when I when I broke it that one time, <laughs> all the things I thought would happen happened. Right? This woman was like, "Oh, your hair! Oh my God! Oh, it must be so hard to be black and a woman. You struggle. You're so strong and like all this bullshit." <laughs> You know, and so, you know, you know, and I was in Madison. Madison's the Berkeley of the Midwest. It's kind of like an Austin, you know, so it's very liberal. And I was a women's studies major before it was gender and women's studies and LGBT stuff, you know, so I knew, you know, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, right? So like, that's why I had that rule because I didn't really think I would run into someone who was aligned. Like you gotta, you know, check a lot of boxes as a white person for that to happen. But, um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I always worried about that. Why I'm bringing this up is because yeah. there was this thread on Twitter. Oh, it was a hookup, not a relationship, let me be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a dude named Christopher Braxton. <laughs> okay, Christopher Braxton. I um he was a white he boy. Made you shimmy. I, he made you he, shimmy a little bit, Christopher Braxton. He, he was the one who hated <laughs> who hated for you to call him a white boy. He would correct you and say, I'm not white, I'm Italian. Now to us, that's well, white. <laughs> but we know that it's I mean, but to other white people, they ain't white. So yeah, we <laughs> you know, in, in back in the day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and so I don't know where you at. So yeah, yeah. so it's a whole yeah. There was a whole thing. Now we in Indiana, baby. You white. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. But I'm saying, like, you know, I'll, I'll say this: in Wisconsin, you know, uh, uh, Italians, they still get discriminated against by the other whites who are like more Anglo, right? Like they don't, they don't, they look down on the Germans, Irish. You know, there's it's a thing. The Norwegians, like the Scandinavian folks. Anyway, but. Yeah, I know it's a thing. Anyway, I digress, but you know, yeah. In the but, space yeah, that yeah. we was in, baby, you were a white boy. <laughs> you just Get a white boy. Yeah, you just a white boy child. Person. And so, but he was yeah, so yeah, yeah. um handsome. He just was so handsome to me. Yeah. And he, he would do these like John kinda, B kind of energy or what? Definitely not. Um if he was more <laughs> of a um well, you know, I'm just trying to make it make sense. So. Yeah, he um I don't I don't know. I can't remember. Not remember. I can't describe him. I'm trying to think of some, is there a celebrity that kind of looks like him? There is a celebrity, but and I'm picturing him, but I can't tell you his name because he's a white actor and I don't know his name. Um <laughs> but the most recent thing, they have a new season of Black Mirror out um okay. on Netflix. 
there is a ep, a new in the new season this year this year i think uh, is it season six i don't know what season it is but this this it just came out this week there's a new there's a there's a episode where these two guys are in space and they get to hook up to this kind of virtual reality to go back down to earth they're in space and they get to cook up so one of them the very first guy that you meet that is the painter he looks like a very young handsome version of him <laughs> so if you watch black mirror this new episode oh, the painter who is the painter i don't want to ruin that episode for y'all but the okay. painter is the one he looks like him like a very handsome version of him so anyway okay. mm-hmm. he was the, he was the first crush that i had of a white person he oh. was hold on i briefly dated a white boy in high school in high school yeah, mm. I just about that. <laughs> Sorry. I was, yeah i definitely i'm trying to I think was like, I, oh yeah it was real brief though it was very brief it oh was, yeah my like, my my girlfriends were definitely when i was in girlfriend's day they definitely was black girls <laughs> dark yeah, all yeah. of the dark skin black yeah. girls <laughs> nah, I, dated, I dated this white boy very briefly and then i dated a black dude who i went to prom with um and that did not last too long mm-hmm. i mean he's a, he's a nice guy and i was like we're just gonna make out bye <laughs> <laughs> i'm done don't touch me right so, <laughs> so the reason why i brought this up you know just we wanted to talk about histories with white folks so y'all know about it when it comes to dating there is a uh uh um limited. Uh, very limited yes there is a twitter account by the name of truth speaker 02 and they did a post a very viral post at this point it's like oh my god so many retweets and it just has been viewed it has been viewed by 5.9 million people it has gotten crazy oh, wow. views. so it, it's it's went wow. viral and that's, that's super viral yeah and the thread is about black drag queens and their fascination with having white partners a thread that takes okay. a deep dive into black drag queens and their unhealthy relationship with whiteness and so they it's a whole that's thread amazing. they say now before we get into some of the teas, i think it's kind of unfortunate that this topic is not looking at at in depth specifically how we analyze black gay celebrities who subscribe to the same mentality and so this person is basically calling them out the head honcho being rupaul and um rupaul this is specific to black drag queens and rupaul as we know have had a tons of white partners and has had tons of doing like really specific blackface and really racially weird coon like activities in in his history they they support the drag queen who used to do there's a white drag queen that used to do blackface i'm not sure if she's still active um and um i remember she was going to come where i was at in madison and we shut the whole fucking thing down (laughs) we shut the shit down um but she was really popular and i think she was supported by uh by rupaul uh you but know, there's a, yeah. I can see that because RuPaul was doing stuff like old school, coon 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 blackface. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, RuPaul would put 
Confederate flag dresses on. So this thread goes into much, much detail with receipts and all kinds of video and really thoroughly went into the details of, you know, black drag queens with their partner. And so <laughs> it has had the, it has had people in shambles. <laughs> and so Bob, the drag queen and Monet, they have a podcast, pretty popular podcast. And somebody went in deep into their archives in their first season <laughs> <laughs> and pulled oh, wow. out uh, um and pulled out a clip of them saying this oh harlem hookups is missing can we get him with the podcast oh my, oh my god we should reach out to harlem hookup girl like if because you know because a lot of people like you watch his porn and on in, in the comment section like i can't believe he had that white boy calling him a nigga i can't believe oh my god this is ridiculous i'm like that is so hot it's kind of hot <laughs> <laughs> is that horrible that is, is that so horrible? bad it's kind of hot though <laughs> oh my god our listeners are gonna be like what the fuck is wrong with y'all fucking motherfuckers <laughs> I think that I wanted for me, but I like it. It was kind of hot to see someone else having that interaction. Oh, oh no, that could not work for me. Oh, bitch, we we will be fighting. But to see the interaction, I was like, oh, it's kind of hot. Yeah, it can't. It probably won't work for me, but um, uh, it, it's, it's cool to watch. Yeah, I'm gonna tell Jacob, like Jacob, don't try that trick. <laughs> <laughs> so that is uh, Bob the drag queen and Monet exchange i think that's what it is money exchange talking about who have white partners talking about race play uh -uh. and uh -uh. Uh -uh. and i wanted to have a discussion about nope. what do you know nope. what do you nope. hold on now hold on let me go get my acid hold on now, I'm <laughs> hold on now before we even jump into this i will say this once I started transitioning medically and also kind of putting myself out there around the men's and things, I was so ignorant and in my bubble of like black, queer women, queer women of color, progressive, radical, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And the first time I got big black dick, nigga, da, 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 in my inbox, I said, oh, this is a special kind of racist. I said, wait, this wait, is wait, 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 different. You, you bump different. in the head. You bump this in the different. head. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't know how y'all do it. I don't know. So wait, 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 wait. I said, oh, hell no, on the, uh, uh, on the jack, I said, oh, hell no. I okay. said, I said that this okay. is a very common gay culture phenomenon. I don't okay. want to say, I don't want to say that it is widespread, but it is a gay cultural phenomenon that I have seen multiple times over. I have seen the black feminist lesbian stood who only dates white girls and I see them all the time you know i've seen I mean, that, that particular type that is a it's it's it, there's a stereotype that but, is it happens but i also have seen the black assigned male at birth the black cis um 
um, drag queen also dating white people <laughs> exclusively. Um, it is pretty, pretty common. I said they are always around. So all I'm saying is that when I took my black ass on these apps a long time ago for the first mm-hmm. time, that's the first time I was exposed to the level of racism and objectification. Sexualized racism. Like sexual, yeah. sexual racism, right? And, uh, you know, uh, exotification and objectification of, like, particularly cis black men by white cis men. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you mm-hmm. are your dick. You know, you, you are, are your, your dick. dick. Yeah. You are not a person. You're not a human. You're not anything. You are a dick for me to play with. And I'll pay you to do it. I'll do this to do it. I'll do that to do it. I'll mm-hmm. fix you like shit. And you know, you just gotta deal with it. And it's or like, tr- that, or don't, treat don't me like shit that. because I want to be dominated yeah. by a big black. Exactly. Black yeah. Man. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, exactly. And that happens with the trans girls. Except instead of you just yeah. being a dick, you are tits and a dick. <laughs> yeah. I just so, had never been. I was. I was. I call me ignorant. Call me sheltered. <laughs> Well, my black but ass was I want to give some nuance <laughs> because uh, I want to give a little bit in depth to that because I see this and have talked to it in the lesbian community too. Because mm. where maybe at that time, if you date white girls, but you said you didn't really date them, you had a no white girl rule. So you probably, as you got older, didn't, did. you didn't get exposed to that. Was not. I said it may. <laughs> I said right in this in this conversation, we're talking about hard R, you know, race play, nigger play. You saying nigger as a in, within the sexualized context, oh it sounds really like a horrible right, and slavery. Like what? <laughs> it, it it harkens to that. How could you not think about it as a person who has yeah. a racial analysis? How can you not? But anyway, I said. The ancestors. It may not be explicitly discussed <laughs> or include nigger, but there is some language that we use that you just said and other things that feels exactly the same to me as a black person. So when we talk about BBC and black, when you say in that in, in that sexual context, it has the same damn meaning. When we think about, ooh, that big black cock, that has the same meaning as that, ooh, that big nigger cock. I'm sorry. Yep. To, to me, it feels <laughs> the same exact way. Yeah. Um, when we yep. talk about, yep. ooh, that big black fat pussy, mm-hmm. it means the same as that nigger's pussy. I don't care what mm-hmm. nobody say. Mm-hmm. It feels mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. And so when they, when they are engaging in that kind of conversation, it feels like there is, it's always race play. And one of the reasons why mm. I feel so off the table is because I can't get past that. It can't get out of my mind. And same thing when I'm, I was um, talking to my homegirls about it. And same thing when yeah. I'm watching porn. I There's a particular type of porn that I like because of yeah. its explicit exploitation of black straight men. It's just what it is. Uh, particularly this this um this website called um Blacked. How they have a particularly objectifying way of recording um sex scenes and porn is very high definition. And yes, yeah, it particularly yeah. at, you know, because it's straight porn, it it 
it objectifies the women but if you how i because i'm attracted to the male body how they shoot it yeah. it is just headless black men with big dicks and there's a particular <laughs> because how they shoot it you they're only focused on the whole body of the girl being fucked, yeah. getting sucked da, 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 da. but yeah when i'm watching yeah. it when you watch it it is also objectifying the men in the space as well even even more objectifying because you don't even get a face with them you just see their bodies you just see their um you know their particular um extremities or whatever and so how they shoot it is particular also when i'm looking for porn if i'm i'm, I'm rarely watching porn because i usually if i'm masturbating i'm masturbating off the idea of my experience that i've already had that week or mm. whenever mm. i'm not really watching mm. porn but say that i run across something if i like it if if i'm looking for something i'm gonna i'm gonna look for big black bull because when you watch oh. it, when you right when you search that there is a particular objectification that ha that is happening to the black male body and unfortunately that was turns me on <laughs> even through even through that yeah. and so, <laughs> that's just that's just what it is sometimes you some problematic shit turn you on and so yeah, yeah. if you watch that usually what you're gonna find is a couple usually white that is hiring or utilizing oh, yeah. a black male body to come fuck her for her husband her, usually a little dick oh. a little dick okay. husband who doesn't have yeah. a big penis and so he brings this big stallion and they'll call him a bull or a stallion into their bedroom to use him to please his wife so he's mm -hmm. so the white man is recording this big bull fucking his wife and you know mm -hmm. The visual is sexy because you usually they're just showing you the body of this beautiful black man and they usually pick somebody who is buff with a big old dick and it just the it just you know mm -hmm. I like this yeah. visual so mm -hmm. it's lovely and so but also mm -hmm. it is one of them things like I'm always always thinking about oh especially when I'm I don't ejaculated <laughs> i'm always thinking about i know they was doing this shit in slavery i know they was doing this type of stuff using using because i know it wasn't just they was doing it you know that's why people migrated out the south they said oh we're done i can't continue to be in this arrangement yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. any you get what i'm saying and you know we see this now yeah it's just one of those things where how can i can't de take my mindset yeah, out detach of it from that, right? detach it i can't detach the race play from it and it's very um i can't put myself in that situation unless like i said but even in my not unless I, i've never been in a situation where i had to somebody did some weird ass um race play stuff with me in that regards where it was very very specific yes i've had some white man pay me for the hour and then while he's giving me head he gets to say oh yeah give me your um bbc load <laughs> and or you know he's giving me this where i can tell that this is yeah. racially based like he's he's in his race play mode i have been in that situation but i've never been in the situation in my personal life business life yes um in my yeah. personal life but 
and it's a certain way. If you call me on the phone and say, ooh, I want to do race play, I will specifically say, no, that is not my, that's not my tea, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So right, usually right. if I'm in the situation, it is when I'm, it, it wasn't presented as race play. It is, oh, I'm, right. I'm seeing you for the hour. I want you to top me. I want you, you know, the typical stuff. Yeah. And then, but, oh yeah, ran me with that big old black cock or something. Yeah. Like they're giving you that kind of conversation. And so mm -hmm. you're kind of, I want to say forced in the situation, but you don't know it's coming. It's kind of just there. Right. It just happens. Right. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explore the conversation of how these, how this is, it's always there. I feel like anytime you're in a situation with them, it's all race play is always there, even if it's not talked about. With, well, always <laughs> and that's the question is you know, it always you know, i feel like it's you know, always I, you know i mean I, I haven't really dated too many white people so let me just be transparent about that uh and i haven't dated any white people in my adult life um you know, I just had this random hookup because my friends were like, you're not hooking up with nobody. And I was like, I have this rule and there are so many white people and I'm just going to stand by that rule and not get laid. And so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I literally was like that at that time, right? And so, you know, whatever. But um, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen it as pervasive with lesbian couples that I know or mm -hmm. even as pervasive with uh, straight trans dudes. I haven't seen too many gay trans dudes in relationships with white people or queer trans, you know what I mean? But I see dynamics. I ain't gonna sit here and say I don't see no, di no dynamics now. But I definitely, uh, I don't know if I've seen it, I've seen that be as like explicit, you know what I mean? uh because to your point like a part well in gay culture there is this element that's just always been there in a way that i don't think it's the same kind of thing in lesbian culture that has been like a i think part it shows of, up different yeah but i don't think it's as it's, i don't think there's like there is this category <laughs> you know you know you know what i'm saying yeah. it's not a bit it's not a part of the culture it's not as pronounced big part of the culture in the same way the first time I'm starting looking at gay porn, I'm like, oh, this is so racist. My mind was blown because I had not been exposed to that, right? And um, and that's what I mean, a part of the culture on that level, where it's like, no, this has been a part of the culture for a very long, an open part of the culture for mm -hmm. white folks for a very long time. I wouldn't say that I see that it's not there, but I do see a oh, no, it's there. because it's there were some lesbians it's when there. I was younger that was it was some weird racial stuff in their relationship. It just was not explicitly said. It just was not um like what dynamics like what dynamics were you were you were you saying? Um I was singing so I I was there was this girl named Magali and her girlfriend named Burner. Well, you know, you have the white girl rebelling against her family. So she goes over to hear. Do you see what I'm saying? So she, do, you, do you think it would parallel the dynamic that a lot of black families have or a lot of black communities see uh, uh, since black dude with just any white woman? <laughs> and you're like, huh, just, is it? 
<laughs> not, not. I'm trying to find a way to say this. No, I know what but, you mean. I know. What you, mean. No. you know what I mean? Where it's just like it's not, it's not that kind of thing. No, I think that okay. I, I think okay. it. It's a not that, but there. It's it's about I'm regaling. I think right? some of it is adjacent. Yes, but I think I think un. <laughs> Unlike cis, <laughs> uh, it's so problematic to talk about. Unlike cis het dudes, who is like, ooh, it don't matter as long as you're white. I think that lesbians have a a particular flavor of white girl that I don't think their standards are as low. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what weird. do you? What do you? What do you? What do you mean? I mean, I, let me be clear. I've seen healthy interracial relationships. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just want to name I just that. yes, no no no. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We're just, we're talking about the nuances of it. But mm-hmm. I, this particular relationship felt like this is my way of rebelling against my family to deal with this oh, black person. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Which of is course. total yeah. opposite of that's, my culture. Yeah, no, that's a big thing for I believe it's a big, you know, uh, dynamic that occurs in cis white woman communities. Uh, not for everybody, but like that's a thing that's always kind of been there. That's always been there. That's always been a thing. And just yeah. like with black men, I think black lesbian culture, there is a level of privilege that comes with having a white partner. One thousand percent. And I will, they I will enjoy say that. This. I will I will say this. <laughs> okay, I think there's a couple different dynamics. And I'm gonna put my I used to work with 26 different campuses and LGBT people in all kinds of environments hat on. Uh-huh. Where you're at matters. Your yes. pool of people matters. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I was in Madison, very, 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 very white just very white and i just was like i just am not going to be hooking up with people because i'm going to be real intentional about that in this space because the type of white people in the space are going to disproportionately be a certain kind of problematic mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean um but i'm trying to think where do i i definitely see it more with folks uh more class privilege i see that in lesbian communities more so mm-hmm. um you can you change know, their life uh, where what neighborhood um, you get to sleep in and what neighborhood you, know, you get to be in um it's definitely something i see more with folks who are like professional white collar college educated professionals i'm just gonna keep it real broad professionals right right uh i work in an office i have a salary job i go on vacations regularly <laughs> type yeah. shit a certain lifestyle i ain't mad at it have a lifestyle um i definitely don't see it as frequently with poor and working class black lesbians unless you know the pool is you know, kind of skewed. Mm. I definitely see it more where it's like, you know, if you're kind of in a more rural area, a more kind of outskirts, um, you know, because it's only certain places that are like black, gay, black, queer, black, LGBT centers. Most of that is going to be in the South, right? And, and then cities. 
and then and sit and but even in cities right it's like you know it's not all cities up north it's like chicago <laughs> you know what i'm saying like milwaukee has community but it's you know it's not going to be on the same scale as chicago uh detroit is another place where it's just like blackity black black there's over a million black people in chicago that's a whole different dynamic you know what yeah. i'm saying like you can find somebody there. black if you want right you know black <laughs> people got a city within the city there right yeah. so you know when you're dealing with that and and across class right so like there are black gay professionals there are black poor gay poor people black gay everything in between in in places like a dc a places like chicago you know a baltimore a new york so like i think that is a big factor i do too i, I, I pool, even with the right? drag the people. Yeah. even with the drag queens and we got to talk about film phobia okay we got to mm. talk about this in the black gay community. We're going back to the drag queen, since this is the mm. context that we're mm. talking about. I mm. see the socioeconomic status affects it because I see a lot of their most of the black drag queens who I knew growing up who had white partners. Mm. They gave them a certain access. They could they could live off a of drag come upness. Uh, yeah. come upness because their yeah. partner owned the house, had a sickening job, and they're sitting in this house in the lap of luxury. And I can just do drag. And so they get to go mm -hmm. and compete in the pageants and compete and just do drag, which is they love. But in the black community, in the black yeah. queer male community. Mm -hmm. You being a drag queen is not a good thing. You are not going to have access to a relationship. They're going to, because mm -hmm. even in the black culture, not saying that the white culture don't do that because they actually started it, but the, 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 the fat, no fats, no film culture has, has now become widespread. And, mm -hmm. you know, you being a drag queen is not masculine enough. It is not. Mm -hmm. um, and so the men, quality men, well, I'm going to say quality, but the men mm -hmm. is demonizing you for this activity just because you're dressing mm -hmm. up like a girl. So it's particularly in the black community. So your access mm -hmm. to black men actually is gone down because of how they judge you because of the film, super gay, gay stuff that you're doing that that be doing drag is a part of. There is tons of people like, oh, you do drag? Mm -mm. Tons of gay you think black men. You think that's, that's still a thing to the yes. same extent though today? Absolutely. Absolutely. I see it all the time. I hear it, mm. see it. It's a conversation mm. that happens when it comes to what wearing makeup, being in girl clothes, doing drag, anything that has to do with film gay men that they might do and and you know nobody nobody's a monolith but if they do anything remotely like that like doing girly yeah. stuff wearing girl clothes being wearing makeup that shuts down the pool of men who will take you seriously mm -hmm. will they hook up with you on jack maybe when they want somebody to bottom for them or or uh, they want to hook up maybe but when it comes to serious relationship usually they're looking for mass for mass i want to be able to go out in public and nobody tell mm -hmm. that we are gay or you know i i can't deal with you if you that gay gay but mm, but i think i mean that's to your point about the pool of people right because it's like if you are in the pool where it's just more options, that looks different. You know what I mean? Not just even on like, is it enough black people, but what is 
the pool of black people. Like a place like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. When I was back in Milwaukee, I definitely saw like them dudes dating people. You know what I'm saying? Now, not everybody was like saucy Santana film, right? Some people were, but not everybody was, to your point. Um, but I also saw people that would like butch it up when they had to, and then like not, because they still in the hood. Um, yeah. But I think where, and I think class is a big piece of it, when you in a place like a DC, you know, I think class is a big part of it, right? Like, if you, you know, you're in a place in DC where you disproportionately have enough black gay men who are cisgender who have a certain level of stability and comfortability and protections to like play around with their gender, particularly for like millennials and uh, uh, younger millennials and folks who are younger mm-hmm. who got who making you know a hundred thousand dollars. But they're not, also you know, judging that kind of. We saw it in polls. Remember that episode where um, where um, what um, Pray Tell was talking to that older gay man that was more established and more um mm-hmm. a, a different classes as them and he was judging mm-hmm. oh y'all go to that ball shit like he was like y'all go into that even though they both was in this hiv mm-hmm. war he was judging them because of that and we see that a lot in this in in gay male culture where that status class black gay person is going to be looking down at the saucy tantana santana's is going to be looking down at those people and yeah in a negative way and there's a difference between being just i don't want to say regular film i don't know what what else to say but i don't have the language (laughs) for it but like regular film and being the saucy santana kind of film that where you wearing heels lashes and makeup and there's a different that's a different kind of film yeah that that yeah yeah. that's kind of rejected in the um black gay queer community gay male community yeah no i hear that I hear that. I definitely think there's more room than there used to be, though. You know, based on my observation, I ain't in it in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the thick thick of it. But when I think about folks I know that live in places that are like epicenters, not not not. Chicago's not an epicenter epicenter. Do you get what I'm saying? Like epicenter Mm -hmm. New York, D.C., Atlanta, L.A. to a certain extent where it's like. I get what am I trying to say? Be- because hold on, let me back on up. Because also coming out of we're like the first generation that could be out at work. And the people who are a little younger than us can be more out <laughs> than we used to be. And so folks have been able, I think for some people, I think there is there I've seen at least more people having more flexibility around their gender expression and having and being able to maintain a certain level of stability and be in community. Now, to your point, I ain't seen it to uh, the extent that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. To your point, <laughs> I saw Santana, right? But I definitely have seen people with like nails mm-hmm. and you know eyelashes a little bit, and, you know, and glitter and 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 I think have partners and hook up and I uh, think it, in general, just the culture in general, from Sisset down to queer those kind of nuances of presentation are getting different than what we grew up with, of course. Um, But I also, it's just something that I see in black male, black gay male culture that I see 
let me see how I can put this. When gay men get older, I'm talking about black gay men, and I kind of see it in white, but I'm only connected to black gay men. So that's what I'm talking about. I went as I observe black gay men, where as they get older, they conflate conforming to society norms to getting mature when it really is. You that film shit when you used to be super super film when you was younger, consequences started when you get older. Consequences start to happen and people respond at your job at your your stability starts to be more connected to how much you can perform to heteronormativity and you learn to cut down that feminist. And so y'all make it seem like. It is, um, it is, oh, we're just getting more mature. But if, but when I get in community yeah. with you, when I, the ones that I'm in community with, and it's many, yeah. when I'm yeah. in community with, when you're quote unquote letting your hair down, that feminist come right on back. When you at the house right. party with me, you is honey yeah. girl child, boom, boom, kiki, kiki, cat, 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 cat. Yeah. You giving me yeah. that film thing. But now you have learned that come for your, your, and this is not, I'm not saying this is wrong, but it's not maturing. It, I don't like them conflating it with maturity. You have learned that if I conform to these cis heteronormative ideas of masculinity, not wearing right. the crop tops, not being wearing the makeup, not wearing, I'm just looking like a regular dude on the street. I can, I can keep my job. I don't have to have these conversations. I don't have to deal with the backlash that feminine gay yeah. men get. They learn that. It's not about maturing because you still be fem as hell. But, mm-hmm. but you just have learned how to do this. And, I, and I've had this conversation mm-hmm. with other gay men. And I'm like, you've learned how to conform. And there's a conformity that happens as gay men get older. And, yeah. and not all. But many yeah. that happens that they will yeah. that they that they will blame more maturing, but it is not maturing. It is them conforming back to what they know works, so they don't have to deal with the consequences of being film gay men. And that's in dating, and that's in how they socialize. That's what I see. Do you see that? Do you see that? Um, I mean, I definitely see. I definitely see it in like. Gen X and uh, you know baby boomers, obviously, and some older millennials. Are you starting to see that as uh, the millennials are starting to get older as well? I'm still seeing it in the younger ones, but I'm seeing the the men call it out. I'm seeing the gay boys call it out too, and hmm. you know I'm seeing a lot of what's happening now is because we have this access to um, you know self-produced basically content that we all have access to that yeah. i see them calling it out and and pointing out these facts of how different and how people they are adhering to the ideal yeah yeah so so yes i think we i think we have discussed it <laughs> as much as we can discuss it so this is our this is Marsha's Plate version of discussing this very, very popular um, subject about the drag queens (laughs) who are dating um, the white white count, who have white partners and blah, 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 blah. We want to, this is how we explore it. You know, we're going to, because we are trans people, we're going to have a unique view when it comes to gender, race, and blah, 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 blah. So we want to, you know, throw our um tea into in into the pot of tea that is happening right and so we want right. to hear y'all opinions everybody's opinion is different and blah 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 blah. y'all know how that goes so we want to hear y'all and what y'all Let feel about 
interracial dating, this this kind of consistency when it comes to um, having white partners in the drag community. We want to hear your opinion, even, you know, when it comes to femme and masculine and how it and how it navigates us, our choices in those particular areas. So okay. join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Play. <laughs> Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give euphoria, and the high can never come down So okay. Jay, tell me what is bringing you euphoria this week? The queer Juneteenth stuff is bringing mm. me some euphoria. Um, being able to like be in black, queer and trans, intentional LGBT, black and black people space is always a good thing. Always feels good. Um, and also, you know, I'm kind of putting myself out there in the dating scene. So that's bringing me some euphoria because I'm mm. like, okay, I'm a sexy person. I got things to offer. I mean, you know, let me put myself out there. So that's bringing me some euphoria, just kind of being comfortable with myself and, you know, just putting myself out there because it's been a minute. Mm. So it's bringing me some euphoria. You know, I'm talking to people and that feels good. You know? Yeah. How about yourself? What's bringing you euphoria this week? Oh gosh, so it's a couple of things. So T with Queen and Jay, they have been um, gone for a minute, but they're back with the jump off. They just had a new episode on their main feed. They have had episodes, if you are a Patreon subscriber, which I am of theirs, um, they have had monthly episodes. So I have, and they're my friends. So I talk to them all, every day almost. <laughs> so, but they are back with a new show on their main feed. They've been gone for like a year nice. or a year and a half. So nice. they're back with yeah. a show on their main feed. And, you know, I love them and um, their conversation. And they're just so just wonderful, amazing women. Um, so I love them. Yeah. So th that's been bringing me joy this week. They're back. Also, yeah. Black Mirror. Y'all, I love Black Mirror. Black Mirror is a great Black show. Black Mirror. <laughs> but I, know that, I know that boy look like your boy. <laughs> black mirror is i think uh i think you should watch black mirror black mirror is okay. it is not uh it's not the kind of it's a series but it's not the kind of series that's like one story going through seasons it's actually each episode is its own entity so each oh, wow. episode is a whole different story or a different topic whole different actors hold it you know what i'm saying it's just it's not scary. Well, not well. Some episodes are scary. You know, I don't do scary. No, it's not. Some episodes are scary. Horror. Is it horror? Gory? Some episodes, but see that pause. That pause. Yeah, some episodes. <laughs> it just depends on the topic. But you can look at the description to tell what it is. So, okay. um, so like the very, very there's one that I watch. The very first one that I ever watch is Bryce Dallas Austin, and it doesn't have any gore at all um okay. it's the, the the premise of the show is she this is they're in the future and you get your credit score basically credit score is based on how people interact with you similar to like uber where 
you get five stars, one star, blah 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 blah. Oh, blah. But it's it's thing. more direct. So how when so you go to the Starbucks, person, right? Yeah, when you go to Starbucks, your Starbucks cashier will rate how you respond. And so everybody has a rating of you know five stars. Like, are you at five? Are you at one? Are you at two? Are you at three? And it and it can affect how you get housing, how you get food, how people yeah. respond to you, where you can live in the in the city, and personality so score. personality yeah. score. Yeah. So it's a it's an episode specifically about that. And she goes through these oh this horrible day with that's wild getting rated bad and and so much so that she has to she can't get a ride anywhere. It starts to affect her and you know of course it's a, 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 yeah. a, a critique on capitalism and social media and blah blah blah, blah. so that's one of the episodes okay. another okay. episode is that i re that really stands out um this couple this couple have a, a child but the, the 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 woman gets um in a car accident and so she's inevitably going to pass away so before uh -huh. that, before they pull the plug, this this science group come in and says, "Hey, we got this new program that we testing out that we think you'll you'll enjoy. We will take her memories and her consciousness and put it in this teddy bear, teddy and bear. you a teddy bear, and you can give the teddy bear to the kid, and so she can literally, from the point of view of the teddy bear, see the kid." In her consciousness, see the kid grow up. Her body is gonna die, but her consciousness is gonna stay in this bear. Okay. And so <laughs> they decide, they decide whether they wanna All do right. it. And so the husband is like, sure, let's do that. I want her to be able to see the kid grow up instead of she just dying. Yeah. So initially it starts off great because she's seeing the baby grow up and playing with the toy and she's a teddy bear and it's his favorite the baby's favorite toy and he the, she yeah. can see through the eyes of the teddy bear and see him grow up and that so she's not missing her child's um okay. growing up but mm -hmm. you know that gets ugly because he the husband got to move on to another relationship in real life uh, right and she's right. seeing him date people she's seeing this and and she can respond to him like there's like a yes or no button she can't talk but she can do some type of yes or no and so okay. they get in an argument about all the stuff about her him bringing girls like on the teddy bear she can do a yes or no yes on the teddy bear she can oh, do a okay. kind of yes or no because she's in the bear and you can see her consciously arguing with him like you bringing this girl around my child and this whole little thing and so oh, wow. so much so that he gets in an argument with her and he cuts her teddy bear off and puts her in an attic oh. puts the teddy bear in the attic and doesn't bring her back out till the baby is older like teenage it's a whole oh, wow. thing so you see what i'm saying it's not all about yeah, gore yeah. it just puts you in yeah. it makes you think about oh my god this is a, it's like the twilight zone it's like a new yeah, yeah. age version of yeah. twilight zone where yeah. Yeah. that's yeah that's the best description it's like the twilight zone so you know how some twilight zones are more uh, episodes were more gory than other ones it was like that yeah and so you're gonna mm -hmm. have different twilight zones um and then there was this relationship where this girl she could go back in time like she she got set up with this program to where she can live any time in her past in her fantasy even though mm -hmm. she's dead not dead she's mm -hmm. 
her consciousness, consciousness go. she can go back somewhere else. It's so many. It's yeah. it's it's six seasons. But so that's the premise. Is like a character's consciousness is uh, no. That's I'm just sharing those episodes with you. It's oh, other. Okay. It's okay. other ones. It's total different mm -hmm. other ones. Like this one. It's just so many. Like I can't even describe. Okay. It's just different stories. It's like the Twilight Zone, where it's different stories, yeah. and each episode is a different, total different theme and story. Okay. And so it's really, really good because if you're okay. if you're a person that want that doesn't want to be um, invested in the whole seasons, like the whole right. episode, where it's oh god, it's so many seasons. You it's it's each episode, and everybody oh, usually wow. have their favorite episode. My favorite episode of all of yeah. Black Mirror is called yeah. Striking Vipers. Striking Vipers is my favorite, but because it deals with some queer shit, it deals it deals with gay shit, it deals with sexuality, okay. it deals with tons of stuff. So that is my favorite, mm -hmm. and the actors I love. Uh, okay. But that is what is bringing me euphoria, just the shows that I'm watching and enjoying the shows. Black Mirror is bomb, so you should watch it. It's mm -hmm. definitely um, episodes that are really great. So just look at the description, and you'll see what it's about. So y'all need to get okay. into Black Mirror. And yes, we have done a show. Hey, what's up? Hashtag Marcia's Plate. Yes, and we will see y'all next week. <laughs> All right, peace y'all. <laughs> All right, bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every 